Hello everyone and welcome to the debut of the Brace Podcast, the weekly football show that all of you have been waiting for. My name is Kiran Rao. And this is Shama Deshpande. And we're going to be your co-hosts for this show and the week after that. And probably the week after that. But let's get over this one first. Spurs versus Arsenal. You know, we chose this match because we thought it was going to be one of those matches of the season. And we're going to have a awesome first debut of our podcast but uh it didn't go that well didn't it yeah this game was actually really disappointing um in the beginning we thought it would be a really great fixture because both of those teams are really close on the table with the north london derby everything to fight for but it really didn't live up to it yeah to be honest uh spurs gave it everything i can i can say you know uh they they wanted from the beginning you could you could tell that from the way they played but arsenal man just messed up that starting lineup didn't they yeah i mean we sometimes arsenal wenger has got a lot of criticism few times it's been actually warranted and sometimes it's been a bit preposterous but this was absolutely criminal i mean straight off from the starting lineup having both both um mesut ozil and mikitarian out wide it just didn't make any sense yeah on the wrong sides too and what do you think about jaka and eleni playing together and the change of formation too from 352 to 433 i mean you when you ask that question it sounds a bit convoluted but if that's what arsenal's tactics have been like all this time it's just a mashup of the of weird ideas coming from all over the place just trying to fit it into this puzzle but it just doesn't work Yeah. Um Elneny was supposed to be there to kind of like break up that play and maybe Xhaka was supposed to play up front. I don't know. I haven't seen him play well in a long time. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, a 3-5-2 would have suited their players, you know, because look at look at their front line. They have Ozil, Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang. That's like Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a deadly deadly attack. You know, even though they did have that like deadly attack, like I'm not sure if they if it fit pretty well. There was there was always that option of Lacazette coming off the bench and do you think Aubameyang was right to start? He didn't trouble the Spurs defense at all. Well, that's because he wasn't, you know, fed as much as he would have liked. That midfield was just way too defensive for me. You can't have Xhaka and Eleni playing together. You know, it was only Wilshere with all the creativity and the uh the passes to the to the attack. But all in all, it was a bad performance by Arsenal, and that first half was was all right. You know, nothing eventful. Yeah, I think in the first half, it was it was a good balance between the sides. I mean, even though we were just talking about how poorly Arsenal were set up, they had a good bit of fight to them. They kind of they were kind of countering Spurs. They were getting Spurs on the counter, and Spurs were kind of coming at them. So it was. There was there were chances on both sides, especially the twelfth minute. Um, Aubameyang just coming offside, um, but an amazing pass from Jack Wilshere. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a really good pass for Wilshere. He was a real spark, you know, in that midfield. Yeah, it's it's been it's been quite sad for him recently with all his injury woes, and it's good that he actually came back after that loan spell at Bournemouth and is doing well. Yeah, but that second half, man, all hell broke loose for Arsenal. You know. Tottenham just stepped up their game to the whole new level and Arsenal they 
the I think it's fair to say they stepped the game down. Yeah, I'm not too sure what Arsene Wenger told his players at halftime. Oh yeah, but it definitely wasn't the right message. Um, like you were saying, it was absolutely pathetic that second half when it came out. I'm not too sure what to make of it, to be honest. Yeah, and it was a weird sort of play from Arsenal. You know, you could you could see when they were on the attack, they played through the. Uh, wide areas, you know, they didn't they didn't uh, load that mid that center of the pitch, and to be honest, Spurs they they let them do what they let them do what they did, you know. Uh, they knew that uh, uh, Arsenal would have probably fizzled out when they played from the wide areas, and that's what happened. Yeah, I think Spurs really did well on that wide side that you're mentioning. I mean, even letting Arsenal have the ball out wide, they also played a lot of the ball on that left-hand side with Human Song coming at Hector Bellerin because Ozil didn't really do a great job of tracking back, and that's another issue of why he was actually put out wide. He doesn't do that defensive work, and yeah. he left Bellerin all alone with Song. Yeah, not only Ozil, you know, it was Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang. Yeah, unfortunately, that partnership didn't really come to fruition this time and you know it's games like this where you've got to strike that partnership back again you know you can't you can't i mean of course you have to perform against the lower teams too but this game was pretty important you know they they had the chance to cut cut the points down between spurs and them yeah it's quite confusing looking at it from that outside perspective because you'd think that with new players coming in so close to the North London Derby, they'd be really pumped for it. They'd be ready. They'd be wanting to make an impact on the squad. But yeah. it just didn't look like that. They they didn't really have themselves in the game. And out of all those players, it was Jack Wilshere and Lacazette who really showed them showed showed us that they wanted to win that game. Oh for yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, you know Lacazette and Iwobi came on at the sixty fifth minute. Lacazette, like you said, you know he he did his best, but he missed quite a few chances. But he was he was running right at the Tottenham defense uh, in the last ten minutes. You know you could see that Sanchez had a real bad time with Lacazette. He should have taken the chances he had. But what about Iwobi? He was one of the worst players off in that second half, and he came on with only twenty five minutes left. So you can you can probably understand how bad he was. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he he definitely made an impact on that team. Either <laughs> yeah. it was too good, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, as soon as he came on, he looked incredibly off the pace. I mean, he kept just like putting balls away. He never made a pass properly. Um, it was actually quite astonishing that Spurs didn't double their lead on top of many of Obi mistakes, which they oh, could yeah. have done. Although when we were when we were watching the game, we were talking a little bit and. We thought that bringing on both of those players was actually a really positive, uh, positive change from Arsene Wenger, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. Yeah, it was, you know, but uh, I think he made the Iwobi substitution was was a bit wrong according to me because Jaka was one who was who had a pretty bad first half, and of course, the twenty minutes after the first half, and you know, I sort of said to you that. It should have been Jaka to to have come off and not Elneny because Elneny, to be honest, had a pretty good match. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Elneny was kind of the one who was like sort of making an attempt to break up that Tottenham play in the midfield, and without him, it was it was just wide open. He was doing much of the holding uh, midfielder responsibilities than Jaka. Um, yeah, for sure. That hurt Arsenal for sure. Definitely. So it was a loss for Arsenal and Spurs. You know they got in the top four with that. Uh, of course, not for too long. Chelsea came back, and now they're fourth. 
Definitely. One of those games that we'll come to talk about very soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you think this means for Arsenal's season going forward? I mean, they, losing this game to Spurs was a huge blow in their Premier League. Not even not Premier League challenge, just challenge for top four. Yeah. Where do you think they go from here? Look, you know, as crazy as this sounds, they are in a... In a, in a good position, you know, they're six, but they have a lifeline, and that's Europa League. So, you know, if you, if you, are, if you told me probably, you know, at the beginning of January that Arsenal are going to win the Europa League, you know, I would have laughed it out. But after the two signings they made, you know, I, I think they actually have a chance at winning the Europa League. It sounds crazy, I mean, but, you know, there's, they, they have a good chance. Yeah, I mean, the Europa League, you're right, is probably their best chance, but sometimes it can be underestimated how difficult of a competition it is, especially due to the scheduling of all the games happening. Because yeah. to play on a Thursday and then to come back to and play on the weekend, it's going to be real grueling for these players, and it's going to be a test for their Arsenal squad more than anything for, to check how much depth they re- truly have. Yeah, and, and it's going to be a test for Arsene too, you know, Arsene Wenger. We're going to see what he prioritizes more, the Europa League or the Premier League. Right. If he, I feel like it's a pretty easy decision, but knowing Arsene Wenger, it's, it's really up in the air right now. Oh, yeah. Those 20 years of experience, man. <laughs> and now, you know, moving on to the other matches of the week, City-Leicester. Leicester, man... I thought they almost had it in that first half. You know, they went they went in the, in the second half for uh, one all, and you know I was hopeful that Leicester would get something out of this, but it did not happen. Yeah, you're right. I mean, for all the expectation and the hype that we had for the North London derby, the first half of this game was absolutely electric. Oh yeah, yeah. It was such a good game to watch, especially when uh, after Vardy scored that for first goal for Leicester. Yeah, it was great fun. But. City, you know, they're on top for a reason. They they just went at them in the second half and Leicester imploded. Yeah, the Pep Guardiola team is just keep marching on to that title and it's kind of coming to a weird conclusion. Possibly winning, the, possibly City could win the title in April at Old Trafford. So we'll have to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And now you're talking about Old Trafford, United versus Newcastle. What oh another missed match? opportunity. Yeah. You know, we we were discussing about this weeks back and we knew that United they you know they they don't play what the type of football they have to play with the players they have. It's just so defensive and boring and so unnecessary. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a weird situation because I mean Jose Mourinho prides himself on getting the result no matter the cost but with with results like this you kind of question what exactly he's doing at the club definitely you know i think he should probably learn to adapt to the players he has you know there's martial there's pogba you know there's uh, rashford lukaku you know those those players they're the ones who who suited best for attacking type of football, but this is just killing their their confidence and their abilities. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about putting players on the wrong side in the Arsenal and Spurs game, but in this game, Mourinho put Martial on the right for some reason. Oh yeah, 
Um, I mean, the bringing in of Sanchez was was a was a divisive one. It could have been really good for United because they got a high quality player, but it it also looks like it's undoing all the good work that was done before for these young players like Rashford and Martial that you were mentioning. Yeah, and that that raises another question: Is Sanchez better in that left wing uh, than you know Martial? Because Martial's been you know at the top of his game, and he's he's been like any he would he would walk into the starting eleven of probably most of the teams in the world right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Martial has also been kind of helping Mourinho out. I mean, every time they were in a bit of trouble in those one nil one nil narrow wins, it was always a goal from Martial coming in from that left hand side. Um, I feel like another problem with Sanchez is that. For all that he does going forward, he's not the best at tracking back. And in a Jose Mourinho side, I'm not too sure how that fits in. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's, you know, uh, he's a small guy and easily overpowered. But right. on the attack, he's, he's a really good player. But I think there's something that needs to be sorted out over there. Yeah. And the last game of the week, Chelsea versus West Brom. You know, a must-win for both the managers for completely different reasons. Chelsea for the top four spot in West Brom. You know, you know they're battling, battling it out in that relegation zone, man. Yeah, for sure. I had I had high hopes for this game. I mean, yeah. with Daniel Sarich going to West Brom, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was destiny for him to score against his old club. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, he was out in the in the third minute. And yeah, not the best start for the man. Yeah, we were saved. I can tell you that. <laughs> but it would have been Ch- a very different game with him in the pit on the yeah. pitch. But Chelsea, you know, came out with a great match, three nil. Uh, Hazard with the two goals and uh, Victor Moses with the uh, with another. And you know, it was it was a really good game for Chelsea. Not 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 a great performance by any means, but they got the job done. They're back in the top four. And it sort of puts the pressure off of Conte. Yeah, definitely. I think I think this was a really important result to get, especially because of the form you were mentioning there. Yeah. But another really good outcome, apart from the three points, of course, is I feel like Olivier Giroud is really fitting into this Chelsea side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially that assist for Hazard's first goal was absolutely sensational. And I feel like that's what Conte was looking for in a target man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Hazard after the match said it's really important for players like him to have uh, a point of reference, and that that's where Giroud and uh, Morada come in. And he he did well, you know, really well to be honest. His debut, let's not forget about that. Right. Great performance for individually everyone and the team. Yeah, definitely. I think that's it's a it's a huge challenge, especially. Um, with uh, United dropping points, it's really tightening that race for the Champions League spots. Yeah, who do you think will drop out of that top four? I'm going to say United, you know, this second, you know, it looks like they're in a comfortable position, but they are actually not. And Wow. I've seen this coming for a while, man. The way they play is just not befitting for that top four spot. One is already booked, you know, it's over. So we're really talking about three spots. That's being fought by four really good teams, but I think it's going to be United. Wow, that that is a that is a bold call there, my friend. But um, 
honestly, I I feel like I feel like it's a really tight it's a really tight race. Um, it is Arsenal, it is. especially with the result this weekend. I feel like Arsenal are kind of out of it. Well, yeah, uh, Arsenal are maybe fighting for the sixth spot. To be honest, yeah, if uh, yeah, they have to put all their eggs in that Europa League basket. Yeah, <laughs> there's no hope there. Um, and so it's really between. Um, four teams for those three spots: Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham. And right now, I don't think you'll like it, but I feel like Chelsea might be the ones to drop out of this top four. You know, um, I, I I don't know. You know, it, sure they are in a bad form, but I think they can get through this one. You know, look, we there's we're above Tottenham and things like that, but United have. Quite a few big matches coming up this this you know remainder of the season. There's City, there's Chelsea. It's it's a make or break for uh, United in those matches, you know. And I do not think they can get anything out of those matches with the way they've been playing. I mean, speaking of big matches, though, Chelsea have one of the toughest ends to the season. Um, they're still yet to play United, as you mentioned. Then right after that, City. Uh, Spurs and Liverpool, well, as well Spurs, as their you know, Champions League aspirations. The Spurs have never won at Stamford Bridge, and I think that that's a win for us for sure. Oh wow! And wow. Liverpool, you know, we we drew with you guys at Anfield, and I think which is very be... lucky, if I might if I might say so. But a draw is a draw. A draw is a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I guess only uh, time will tell, but uh, for me, yeah, Chelsea are dropping out and Spurs are coming into that fourth spot. Let's you know, let's make a bet. You know, it could change. I could say Liverpool after this. Oh no! Okay, that that makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, we're gonna make a bet off air. You're gonna do is like the ones you've lost before. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking. about. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> For all the listeners out there, Kiran predicted that Spurs would not get through the group stages in the Champions League. And I predicted that they would win. <laughs> and they did. And he said, and I quote, no chance. <laughs> to be fair, when we made this bet, there were a lot of questions around Spurs playing. No, there were not. They were one of the best teams in the Premier League at that point at the time. And they showed that, you know, they showed that they are one of the best. They didn't just get through, they won they won the table. And you know, it's yeah. for the listeners, you know, they can decide who the the winner of this bet is gonna be. You know what? Yeah, you're right. I might I might have to go for uh, redemption with this one. But, uh, <laughs> stay tuned for the outcome. Well, now, you know, moving on to Champions League, of course, tonight, it's going to be Liverpool, Porto, and the biggest of all matches, probably this whole season, PSG versus Real Madrid. That is a very, very tricky game. Yeah, definitely. Kiran, what are your predictions on that? Who do you think is going to, you know, win or get through that whole tie? So, with that first leg being at the Bernabeu, you would you would think that Real Madrid have a good chance at this one, um, especially they're coming into this match with not the best form domestically. Um, they did win their last game, and Ronaldo did score a few couple of goals. Yeah, but I would still have to go with Real Madrid on this one. Um, I feel like with PSG's 
um, defensive issues. Um, they don't have what it takes to beat this high caliber side. I mean, sure, but you know, we're talking about the pedigree uh, Real Madrid has in this competition. But but that PSG side, you know, say what you want about the defense, their attack, you know, it it trumps any sort of defense you put against them. Neymar, Mbappe, and Cavani. That is a dream team right there. And I just think with Neymar playing, you know, he's he's one of, he's probably the best, you can say. You know, it's arguable. With Neymar yeah. in that team, you know, I think he can salvage something for PSG in that match. You know, if he, this is, that is, speaking of Neymar, this is actually a huge game for him. Um, especially with his prior connections to Barcelona. Oh, yeah. And the constant rumors of him not too strong, but the rumors of him going back to Spain and joining Real Madrid. Mm. So this is this is a huge game for him, especially because if he can make an impact here, you're right, he'll definitely be in contention for the for the Ballon d'Or come the end of the season. Yeah, and you know, we all know what he did against, uh, did, did for his former team, against his current team in that 6-1 beating. <sighs> that, you know, that was... Neymar right there. You know, he he probably took all the credit for that and deservedly so. Yeah, he was he was absolutely sensational in that game. And if he can bring any of that form into this match, Real Madrid oh, yeah. have some real problems. Yeah, for sure. The biggest game of the week, by far, maybe even the most important of the season, FC Porto versus Liverpool. Oh, dude. No. <laughs> Get right here, guys. <laughs> so, what, what do you think? Are, are Liverpool going to dominate this game? Are they going to fall apart? We've seen many different Liverpools this season. Which one is going to show up in Portugal? I'll tell you what I think. I don't give a shit about this match. <laughs> UEFA gave three of the English teams in the Premier or in the Champions League a very good draw. Liverpool playing Porto. United playing Sevilla, but now, you know, that, that, that seems a bit tricky for United, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, especially in the group stage we saw when Sevilla played Liverpool and even last season in the Europa League final. Um, yeah. That team is really good in Europe. Um, they have something about them, and especially against English sides, they are a difficult opposition. And especially against United, who, of course, they lost against uh, Newcastle this week. And of course, City. You know, I mean, they've been rolled out the red red carpet to just go through the next stage, and there's not not much to talk about that match. And it's going to take a miracle for FC Basel to get anything out of that match. You know, speaking of teams good against English opposition, FC Basel are definitely one of them. Um, they've had a good record against Liverpool and Chelsea in recent history. So, maybe but against City, on the card. But against this City side. I don't think so, man. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be tough, but um, I'm hopeful there. <laughs> You're very hopeful there, my friend. <laughs> well, that's that then, and this has been the brace for this week. And you can also hit us up at our Twitter handle, which is in the description, and our personal Twitter handles too, which will also be in the description. And also a special shout out to Sunanoi Murata, a good friend. Um, who helped us out with the logo. So if you want to see more of his work, um, check out his Instagram in the description as well. Yeah, and we'll see you next week.